0: Eu... Foi, um um problema, Já viu o rico namorar pobre? <fim>
1: The fateful day has come. It is officially our final episode of season two of Say La and boy, has it been quite the journey. Um, As usual, we have my friends here. Girl. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Why were you so weird?
2: (laughs) Because I gotta keep it weird for the last episode.
0: No, you don't. But okay, I
2: do. That's my brand.
0: That's it my is. brand. I agree.
1: Haters.
2: So, how is everybody doing? Amanda, how are you doing?
1: Oh my gosh, thank you. As you can see, I was very awkwardly paused because I was waiting, patiently waiting for the question. Um, I'm okay. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, my tactic to fake it till I make it has worked. I am happier than I've ever been. And, you know, even though I'm like feeling tired and overworked and stressed because of the pandemic, I'm proud of myself for my ability to be mentally strong. That's not something I could ever say about myself in the past. And I'm happy that I'm here. Also, I'm really excited because my day job, I was selected to be part of the diversity and inclusion council. And I'm sure you both know that's something I'm really passionate about. So I'm excited that I can hopefully affect some real change and make things better for, you know, marginalized groups of people everywhere. Not just at my day job, but I think about globally with how many people I work with that interact with others in their daily lives. So I'm good.
2: Hell yeah. That's awesome. proud of you.
1: Damn. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, you know, I always, Sherry, we've talked about this before. I always thought about, a career as an actor and like how it can be such a shallow existence. And I think something that has always inspired me and kept me going is the fact that with a platform, it comes the ability to affect real change for people who don't necessarily have a voice on the global stage. So I just look at this as one step closer to being that person. amazing i don't know why the pause is so long (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can fuck off if you guys want me (laughs) to no we don't we don't want you to fuck off
0: (laughs) i was waiting for shane to unmute himself to ask me how i'm doing i was
2: Um, gonna ask you how you're doing but then i thought you were gonna say something to amanda but anyways how are you doing sherry
0: no i want to respond to it No, I want to respond. That is absolutely a great initiative, and I'm proud of you. Good. Yay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. How I'm doing. I am awful again. I'm tired of this. Uh, The weather has changed dramatically. All of these hurricanes have been hitting Florida and Georgia and Louisiana at the same time. It is really messing with my sinuses. I feel it right in the base of my nose. I feel like there's a hurricane going on in my head. Anybody else feel that way? This is not a good time to have allergies during a national pandemic. That's
1: national, international. Oh, When I tell you any little thing that I feel, like my eyes switching, I would little tickle in my throat, I immediately think that I have COVID. So my allergies better not, they better not even decide to come out at any time soon. Cause I don't, ha- I'm not prepared. I'm already a hypochondriac.
2: But we're at that time of year now where it's about to be like, you get a little bit of an itch in your throat and you're like, is that allergies? Is it the flu? Is it COVID?
1: And I just can't do that. I cannot do that because I already go to the grocery store and someone gets too close to me and literally the whole next three days, I think I have COVID.
2: And then on top of that, if you're living in the Pacific Northwest or out in the West Coast, then you have a whole nother issue of breathing that you're dealing with right now with all those wildfires. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs)
1: Shane, how are you? I know that you were just on a um,
2: fun little excursion. I was. I went for a friend's birthday. I went and we hiked Mount Rainier up in um, Washington State, right outside of Seattle. Um, and I flew Delta, so I made sure I was flying with the, <laughs> the airline that's actually taking precautions. Um, I flew
0: Delta this weekend, too, and it's amazing.
2: I was really impressed. I was really impressed by it. Um, yes. Yeah they were super efficient with it. They, I literally saw the plane sitting there for way longer than they usually do before letting people board because they were desanitizing the whole thing. Um, but yeah, no, um, apart from that though, we, we went up and we did, uh, we hiked Mount Rainier. We went up to like the highest point that you can go, um, before you have to start like climbing the summit with like axes and ropes and stuff. Um, hands down, 100% the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. like, no doubt about it. Yeah. Shit was hard. <laughs> um, it's about five you
1: know, miles. you know, I have no frame of reference for this because I, I don't <laughs> hike. But I would imagine, like when you're hiking up a, a mountain, I imagine that that's pretty physically rigorous, right? It's not like a
2: Yeah, it's a. Car. It's about five miles in total. So it's not like a long hike, but it's about 5,000 foot elevation gain. So, you're constantly like hiking uphill. Some of the spots are like up to, I think, about like a 48 to 50 degree incline Um, on a glacier. So, it's not even, yeah, it's not even on snow. It's like a literal glacier. So, it's ice. So, you're hiking up ice for about 2.2 miles or so. Um, What? And Mm -mm. legitimately, like the last, the last like quarter of a mile to half a mile, you can literally see the campsite, but it just, does not get any closer and while you, while you can see it you also have to cross like all of these crevasses that open up in the in the ice so they're like a foot some of them the biggest ones that we saw were like a foot wide but they can be like up to a 50 foot drop like underneath the glacier like it's it I, I, upon getting back i was looking up some like review, like people talking about it and I kept coming across it on a bunch of like top 10 lists, like the top 10 most dangerous hikes to do in America, or the top 10, like most difficult hikes to do in America. And those are things that I didn't look at beforehand. But yeah, I think like on that hike alone, like 294 people or something like that have died. But typically huh?
1: right. okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> this oh is gosh. why
0: black people don't go hiking
1: <laughs> like, thank what you sherry mean? I'm, I'm,
0: listen, I'm, I'm, listen
1: so. i don't understand why it is fun for you to put yourself in a near-death experience i like fake near-death experiences like roller coasters where well, you're like oh this is a thrill i feel like i could die but i know that i will not i don't know also, why
2: it's like you
1: could have slid to your death
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's how so when the people who have died, the, the, the way that it's happened, usually um, the day that we went was beautiful. It was a beautiful day, very clear, um, a great day for the hike. However, Mount Rainier sometimes because of the elevation can have very random whiteout storms that pop up seemingly out of nowhere. And once you're stuck on the mountain in the middle of it, you start to lose direction and you don't really know where you're going. And you either freeze to death or some people have literally slid right off of a cliff. Um, what the fuck? So, yeah, luckily we didn't do that. But I still um, I still with my friend, though, like, whenever we got to the top of it, like, we camped out there overnight. And truly, like, by the time we got to the top, like, legitimately hallucinating a little bit, I think. Like, having wild daydreams, not sleeping. Um exhausted physically mentally <laughs> emotionally i literally at one point while walking was just talking to myself and crying a little bit <laughs> um oh my
1: god but, what yeah but
2: but it's one of the things like after you get down like the next day i was like there's no way in hell i'd ever do this again like wow what an accomplishment i'm so proud of us but at the same time like never doing it again and then like 24 hours pass, and you're like nah, like i would do that again
1: Okay, well, what? I'm proud of you for your resilience and your stick to itness. I'm glad well, you, you didn't get
2: caught. Let me know.
1: Anyway, moving right along to <laughs> 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 what? You know damn well you will not see my ass. You know that. Um, okay, well, there is something that. I know Sherry kind of wants to discuss. She texted us. She put it on our radar. Sherry, let the people know.
0: Okay. Well, I know for a fact this was on your radar before I texted you about it. Um, Because the only reason I texted you guys about it is because I knew it was an issue in the world. That is so cryptic. I'm talking about Cuties the Movie on Netflix (sighs) there's a lot to unpack here so I texted Amanda and Shane and I was like y'all we need to watch this movie because people are like cancel Netflix it's about this is how Netflix um advertised it it's a coming of age story about some girls who are in a dance troupe and they are super sexy People are mad about it. They're so so mad about it. Um, well, we watched the movie, and I, since you know we're movie buffs, I just wanted to know what you and Shane thought. I mean, I want you to go first.
1: I just want to say, I've seen a lot of chatter on the internet about this, as I'm sure you both have, and based on. Um the way that this movie was presented on Netflix, I can understand where the outrage is coming from. Now, that doesn't mean that I agree because I watched the movie and I just feel like the objective was clear. Um it was a really truthful telling of the hypersexualization of children across the globe. And I think we would all be lying to ourselves if we didn't say that this is something that's truly happening all over the place. Like it happens here in the United States constantly too. Um, And the way that people are reacting to the film is telling me that they have not watched it because I feel like it was abundantly clear what the objective was. And I honestly, I thought it was a good, i I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great film, and I think it really illuminated the hard truths of the unfortunate lives that young girls all over the globe are living. Yeah.
0: Um, before we continue, uh, Cuties is a French film. Uh, I did not know that until I looked up the director and where the set was, because it's not abundantly clear unless you know the landmarks that are featured. In the movie. So, um, and I believe that the English is dubbed on top of the original French language. Is that true?
2: Yeah. Someone check
0: me. Okay. Well, they did a really good job because it almost, if if you're not paying attention, it looks like these characters are speaking English. About 90% of the time. It's pretty, pretty close. Um, But uh, yeah, Shane, what do you have to say?
2: Um well on that note first and foremost like just talking about like how it felt like it was even in English at times like I just want to give first and foremost a shout out to the young actresses in that movie because they're fantastic um they're really great. I was really impressed by all of them and to now touch on like the controversy behind the movie, It pisses me off like you guys have already kind of mentioned it. My main issue was with Netflix's marketing, and I think Netflix deserves to take the heat for that. It's not a coming of age movie about some rebellious teenagers like that's not what it is. That sounds fun and exciting and like, yeah, look, this is like got to kick it up in 2020. No, it's not. Um, And it's not because, like you said, it is a French film and French films are not usually understood and appreciated by the majority of American audiences. Because, and I was telling you guys this a little earlier, I think something that France does very well with their films is they tend to make films that require the audience to provide some of the... Um, they, they rely on the audience to, to, to come halfway with them. Like, um, French movies do not show you, like, a blockbuster and say, like, here, you know, this is everything you need to know boom, bam, boom, you're good to go. French films present you an idea and they require you to think critically on it and watch it and observe it from an objective standpoint. And that's not something that we typically do very well. And they also are very heavily focused in a lot of films on juxtaposition. And that's a lot of what this movie is. And the problem though is that Netflix marketed it as just that. Like they make it sound like this cool, fun, hip, exciting, like coming of age story these young girls in France. And at the end of the day, like it is a very disturbing movie. It's very hard to watch. Um, and that's where overall, like I will say like, I, I don't like it. I don't like the movie, but I damn it. I appreciate it. Like, I really appreciate what it was doing. And I think it's an important message that needs to be relayed. Um, yeah, I, I just think, There are so many other movies out there, too, that we just ignore that have it as a side note or have it as comedy or have it as like a part of the story, more so than focusing on like the actual dangerous issue that it is. I mean, look at so you remember you guys seen Taxi Driver, right, Robert De Niro? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jodie Foster's 12, playing the prostitute in that movie. Yes, yes,
1: yes. 12 yeah. years
2: old. We have in uh, was Abigail Breslin, was it, is she Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah, 10 years old whenever she's doing that stripper yes. dance at the pageant. Yep. And it's a joke, it's funny, it's hilarious, we all love it. But that girl is doing the same dancing that these girls are doing in this movie at 10. And better even more than that, at least those are fictional movies. Go watch anything like pageant shows today. Go look at kids' TikToks. Mm. Go look at Mm. any of this stuff. And you're going to tell me that the movie is, is perpetuating child pornography? Like, I'm sorry that it's something that's accessible to you, that regardless of how it was marketed, you clearly haven't watched it from beginning to end. Because if you watched it from beginning to end, which is how really any movie should be watched, but especially French cinema, then you would see with the very first and last shot if you just take those two things combined there you kind of get the whole story from the first shot to the last shot and um i i think i i personally don't think the message could have been any clearer like i was so uncomfortable watching I agree. and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and,
1: sorry sherry you go ahead no please 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 go Um, I agree with you, Shane. I think the message was so abundantly clear. And you said something earlier that I think was such a good point. And it's like, it's so easy for people to be outraged about this because this is the type of issue that um, there really is no middle ground. You'd say, like, is child pornography okay? And all humans on earth except for pedophiles are going to say, no, that is not okay. But
2: And probably even pedophiles are going to say out loud that, no, it's not good because a lot of times, like, it's a recognized thing that
1: like, right it's it's, it's accepted.
2: Awesome. Yes.
1: yes, it's a socially accepted norm, um, but I just think that you're absolutely right, like if we look at films of the past, like I'm thinking like thirteen is a film that was a harrowing yeah. tale about a thirteen year old girl who was coming of age, but coming of age is not always sunshine and rainbows. Plenty of us who came of age came that way through a rocky past and a rough history. So it's an honest telling of Mm -hmm. what is plaguing our young girls in a society that has clearly given up on caring about them. And it's like, by saying that you want to boycott Netflix and that you hate this movie, you're doing exactly that. You're really just honestly leaving these girls behind. It's not about the movie. It's about the fact that this is real and this is happening every day. And that's the whole point. You are supposed to be uncomfortable. You're not supposed to like it. That was the point. We want you to be outraged because it's wrong.
2: Yep. And for someone like fucking like, Ted Cruz, you saw how he like wrote like an executive order, like to the yes. like Department of Justice, like calling for um, it's like review and uh, like accusing it of like promoting child pornography on Netflix. Uh, like okay, okay, like d- and this is where I, I want to revert back to like real quick, just like talking about like um, France and French cinema because if you look up the Reviews from like Cannes Film Festival or Sundance, or you look up French moviegoers, French directors, French artists, French black women. Which, by the way, if people don't under, don't know, this is a film directed by a French black woman who directed this film after a couple years back. She says that she saw girls in a dance competition doing the exact thing we see at the end of the movie, and she thought it was absurd. She was like shocked that these little girls were being, like, elect- were allowed to do this. And she started, but she started the next couple you know, of years-
1: Sorry, Shane. That's what's so funny about this. She was able to watch a dance competition and was completely appalled at what she saw happening. Plenty of people who are now outraged by cuties watched fucking whatever dance moms every single day abby miller yes abby, abby lee miller's dance studio and watch these kids shaking their ass on tlc every single sunday so which one is it yes Yo. so which one is it are you against the sexualization of children or are you not i don't get it
2: but that's where what we like we we're saying earlier it is so easy to be an internet activist when it comes to The oversexualization of children. It's it's literally like you said. There's no middle ground. So it becomes like this this bandwagon. Let me jump on and like hate this movie that I haven't even seen because it it's you know wow this is great and it really makes me look good because I hate child pornography. Okay, great. And that's where like so France the um, France's like directors guild like released a statement and I just want to read it real quick. It said at a time when the most conservative of Americans are calling for a boycott of the film Cuties, we would like to support its director who won the best direction award at the Sundance Film Festival. This film produced in France, then bought by Netflix for distribution in the United States, is emblematic of the indispensable freedom of expression that cinema in all its diversity needs to address disturbing topics. Therefore, it's necessary for the exercise of democracy. We will always stand with those who support and disseminate works expressing this freedom. That right there in comments is how I feel about this movie. Like same. It's That's why, real. Yeah. Are we outraged about a movie that's showing it in a fictional setting? Why are we mad about that? We're not mad about the fact that it's happening in real fucking life right in front of us.
1: Thank right. you. And that's, that's my true. point Ed too. Ted Cruz, Cruz, you really Wait. want to
2: write to cancel Netflix and boycott Netflix for distributing child pornography whenever you could actually be using that executive order to sign off on a lot of other fucking real life things. Come on now. Right.
1: Or how about you could maybe not be buddy-buddy with fucking Donald Trump, who's considering yeah. putting you up as a Supreme Court nomination, If yeah. you're so anti-child sexualization and pedophilia, then why the fuck don't you address your president, who has said numerous inappropriate things about women and his own female children, referring to their body yes. parts and talking about their breasts when they're literally toddlers you are sick and so is he so why don't you focus on that instead of trying to confuse me with your fake ass executive order tell him. um so i just want to say this i think it's
0: um a good time to talk about like her name was ani right the lead ah. it was ani okay so um I, I don't think we touched on this yet so this is a french film yes and it was filmed in france and that's where It was set, but the main character is a Muslim, very conservative girl that's new to town and her family is African. I think she's from Senegal. I believe so. Yes. There you go. And her father's away and they get this new, um, this new apartment and it has multiple rooms. She's like, why am I not staying in this room? And this is, what leads her, she finds out that her father has taken a second wife and that's why he's gone. Um, And it spirals her into becoming a woman. And that's what the movie is about. And I think everybody's focusing on the sexualization of these girls. And we almost miss that this movie is also about the history of sexualizing girls. So they're focusing on, the dancing when it's also about the customs that her culture has also taught her that as soon as she gets her, her period, she is ready to get married. How her father is able to take a second wife and she sees how that affects her mother. And that also propels her into joining this. I hate to say promiscuous, but that's what I mean. Dance group. So it's, it's crazy to watch this 11 year old. Um, realize so many truths at the same time. It's almost, I hate that people are going to hate this. It transformed me back to being in Miami in middle school, because that's how middle school was for, I'm sure, everybody listening. If you were a girl, if you were a boy, if you're figuring out your sexuality, if you're figuring out your gender identity, that's exactly what was going on. Everything that went on in the movie, I paused. It's because I had a flashback. I remember being awkward in seventh grade that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like when she, when she was told when her friends dared her to take pictures of so-and-so that's exactly what is, I think, triggering people and having them, having them uh, get executive orders made. Like it's to me, it's absolutely ridiculous. I liked the movie personally. I think it's a great piece of cinema. If, if in what I have a child, I will definitely be putting this in a canon of movies that I would like to watch with them. Um, but it would be very guided in that way. We have a conversation about it because it was, it, it, I don't know. It's something I wish I would have watched because it's, it's, it almost tells you what to think without slamming it over your head. As even as a, If I were to watch this at 11, I knew what she was doing was wrong, but I don't know if, how do I put this? I would know that what she was doing is incorrect, but I wouldn't necessarily not do it myself. And I wouldn't know why. Because as a child, I would always want to know what's the repercussion of me doing this, right? And I love how this movie shows that to you.
1: And also, just like the children in this movie, you grew up in a society where sexual women are viewed as objects and sexual women get what they want. So, yes, you're we're taught that at a young age that it's good to be sexy. It's good to show a little midriff. It's good to use your body to get attention from other people, particularly men. And that's why you would watch this movie and know that it was wrong and still continue to do it because that's a reality of what it means to grow up as a female person in the world at this moment, especially now with Instagram and social media. It's like everywhere, everywhere. And I remember feeling the pressure to be a sexual person when I was in middle school. And it's like, you're awkward and you're ugly and I'm have pimples. And it's like, I felt like I was nothing because I never thought people were going to view me as sexy and like how sad I was a child, but that's the reality.
0: And, you know, I feel like it's, it's weird for me to watch this movie and say this, but I felt like that period of my life started from when I was sixth grade and ended maybe until I was like a senior in college, (laughs) which is outrageous. Um I feel like that girl in the movie Ani, she she attained more coolness than I ever did when I was between 11 to 22. So it it, it was very interesting to watch because it to see the attention of men Because it went all the way up. Remember when she went to that laser tag arena and they started like gyrating to get out of trouble? That was uncomfortable to watch. But so many girls do that because they know it gets them out of trouble. And I loved how the other male in the situation reprimanded that security guard for his behavior. I thought it was just a very nice... It, it was wasn't overt. It was very run of the mill, but we got what what this director was trying to do. It I just I loved it. I loved the movie. I loved it. I it made me yeah. cringe, but it it intended to make me cringe. It's almost right. like when I watched Thirteen Reasons Why. A lot of thirteens. Um, a lot of people did not like Thirteen Reasons Why in the same way, especially in Australia. I believe it was banned. Um, but I believe it's it's yet another piece of cinema that we need to view because it's like Uber Roy. If it's going to get someone exiled, then I need to watch it. That's one of my my standards, actually. If someone's getting in trouble for it, I need to see
1: it because I need to All know right. why. I will say I'm not surprised that Americans watch this and either it went over their heads or they could not handle it. Because as Americans, we have a habit of not being able to face harsh, harsh realities. We see it all the time, even in reference to, like, the history of racism in this country. It's like, why the fuck are we still telling people that racism is real and that people are still being lynched in broad daylight? Like, we have the internet, we have cell phones, you can see it with your own two eyes. But the fact that people don't want to believe it just goes to show how far we're willing to go as Americans to dissociate from how horrible life is for some people.
2: And that's where I think we come into like the issue with like, this might be going out of limb, but with social media, and the fact that You've got, like, people who want to, like, show off this, like, perfect life that they live and, like, they're perfect families. And, like, I I don't want to make this, like, a conservative or liberal thing, but I, I don't, like, let's talk about this, like, conservative mindset of, like, oh, my children are perfect. Like, stop. Let's stop throwing stones in a glass house about this movie right now. We've all been kids. We've all done that. And even if your kids are somehow perfect and innocent, I guarantee you their friends aren't or they have friends that, that that aren't and that aren't influencing them. And that's like a part of it. It's a part of growing up. But
0: what's so interesting time? about that is her mom was pissed off when she found out about her behavior. Her exactly. mom is both of these, both liberals and conservatives exist in the movie itself. If people yep. would have watched it, she's being reprimanded for doing this stuff. It's not like she's doing it. And they're like, congratulations, Cardi B. No, no, they're not happy about this. Sorry to interrupt you. you,
2: no, you're fine. But like it's it's that exact reason I mean, we have the we have Ani in the movie with the equivalent of like Instagram and stuff like that. But you've got you've got kids these days not to bring it up again, but you've got kids these days going on TikTok and I mean, you know, m- making vi- TikTok videos to WAP and then, you know, t- 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 wearing like tighter clothes and, and, and being sexy, flirting with commenters on their on their posts, things like that, that, like these kids are that age. And then like some of these kids nowadays are going to go home and, you know, watch something like at, go home and watch Euphoria because they're allowed to watch it. And like that's where I think it circles back around to Netflix marketing this movie as something it's not. I I could see where because for one, I don't think a lot of Americans actually watched this movie before forming an opinion. But those that did, I think a lot of them may have even watched it with their kids thinking it's like going to be a you know a rebellious teen that you know finds her independence with a dance group and like <laughs> they were in for a rude awakening because it's not what it is and if you're watching it from that lens it's very easy to see the movie shift into becoming like oh it's making these girls so cool that they can do all this and that they they're, they dance like this and they're so it's cool to disobey your parents and go out and you know be sexy on stage and things like that at 11 years old and that's where it just gets very miscommunicated, and the issue goes awry, and then that's when it becomes a bandwagon issue that everybody, in order to avoid being called out, has to jump on board and #hashtag cancel Netflix because it's so easy to t- it's so easy to tweet that or retweet something.
0: You know what this is like? I will never forget this. So I watched Avenue Q one time, and there were some kids in the audience because their mom brought them to Avenue Q. <laughs> Um and that nice. scene where the <laughs> where the puppets are having sex, that mom was mortified and she ran out of the theater. That's ex- this is the perfect parallel for this movie, Cuties. It's it taking is. your child to motherfucking Avenue Q before doing your damn research, and then getting theater. upset when they sing the internet is for porn. <laughs>
2: the difference though is that like that at least like theater is fairly inaccessible you know what i mean and that's where like netflix netflix is such an accessible thing and this is where you know i don't know if we talked about my opinions on joker back whenever that was coming up because i had a lot of thoughts on that and the distribution of that movie i think distribution is huge i think distribution is very important especially with films like this and i would guarantee you that French filmmakers agree, like I'm sure they all get very nervous whenever their films are being marketed to American audiences because they know this could be the end of me. And the fact that that's exactly what's happening to this director who is this is her debut and she I saw somebody make this review. That's got to be so true. Imagine the shit that she had to go through to get this film even approved to make. And she finally was able to do it in a liberal sense and to do it in a way that she was able to express what she wanted to express with it and be very bold and direct with it. And now like her career in Hollywood is over because of internet trolls who want to sound woke.
1: Yeah. It's all just so fucking stupid. Cause I'm like, if you are that concerned about the hypersexualization of girls, you should be having these conversations with your children. You should be, tweeting about it. You should be on Facebook about it. You should be asking them about their body image. And if they feel pressured to be a sexual being at 10 years old, because I'm telling you many of them do. And it's just like, I don't know. I loved the movie. I love it for the same reasons. I love like Harmony Curran's Kids. Kids um, are fantastic. Kids is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen Kidulthood. I don't remember who the director is. It's a British film, but it gives me a lot of the same feeling of this movie, where it's like yep. a very raw, real, and upfront storytelling of what is really happening. I'm not going to apologize for it because this is what is a reality.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, something I do want to touch on um, that really pissed me off is something that we spoke about last week with Adele. Uh, how Americans were getting so upset about things that were not a part of their culture. Um, I did not realize. I'm sorry.
2: I said gatekeeping. Gate- Thank you gatekeeping.
0: Yes. They love to to control the gate that, and they're not even in the damn gate. How you gonna hate from outside of the club when you can't even <laughs> get in? There's a travel ban; they won't <laughs> let us in. Okay, it it really pissed me off because I was expecting there to be, um, I don't know, dancing that wasn't truthful to girls that are eleven. But when I found out that the girls in the movie were of African descent, it looked like some of the French girls uh, were, could have been of Hispanic descent or Spanish descent. And I saw that they were dancing to Afro beats in Caribbean music. It pissed me off. It really rubbed me the wrong way because when we see little children on Facebook, dancing salsa, dancing bachata, we think it's so cute, right? But when we see it in the movie and we see them gyrating, that it becomes a problem because it feeds your agenda at the time that I could go on about this. Amanda, I'm sure you feel the same way. That's the kind of culture of dance hall to a certain degree. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily right to be watching these girls twerk like that in public, but that is, it's a part of the culture.
1: Yeah, I agree. You don't get to tell me the parts of my culture that we celebrate. And I think that's something that's really annoying. It's like, okay, because this isn't a primarily American Ideal or custom, there's now something wrong with it. And it's like, no, there's not. I'm sorry that y'all don't have any rhythm, but where I come from, we whine. We like to brocadone. We do all the little things that we do, girl, because that's our (laughs) culture. That's how we are. And there's nothing sexual about that. Like, I remember I would have my my friends would come to like family functions of mine and my aunts and my uncles are all dancing and whining and everyone's kind of, you know, slow dancing together. And we're passionate people. That's what we do that's not always a sexual situation sometimes just because people are moving their body in a way that's different to you it does not make that sexual it's cultural right like even African dance Amanda remember when we took West African dance in college yes girl my lower back will never be the same never never be the same okay well y'all
2: remember Mama Yeye
1: (laughs) yes yes Mama Yeye (laughs) <laughs> Mama Yaya, Shane. I used to love taking Mama Yaya's like class at states. Take I it literally used to same <laughs> I still look forward to seeing Mama Yaya so I could fucking toot this thing to the back. You better toot that thing, <laughs> toot that
0: thing, girl. Well, most of those moves are a form of gyrating, and it's part of the culture to be taught those dances when you are young, so you can teach as you get older, to the next generation. So it, I'm not saying the moves that were done in the movie were a part of traditional African dance. No. What I'm saying is that some of those moves that Americans thought were vulgar are part of dances that are part of a culture that are not intended to be vulgar in that culture and it Dude. just really it rubbed me the wrong way when I watched it and I realized what was going on it just it what you know what is funny the moves that she did learn that were vulgar were American moves twerking <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, they, twerking itself I wouldn't say is American yeah, now, yeah, the, yeah, right. the way that she the way that she portrayed it though is so it's interesting how y'all tried to find something to be upset about and she took it from the American culture. That is what made me, it made me laugh. It It was just the perfect catch 22.
2: We also <laughs> see like with this, these like, you know, like more like Afro fusion dance, um, And the way that it's perceived, we even see grown women being called out for it. Beyonce can't go out and do a performance without being called out for it by all the fucking Americans that are like, oh, my God, she's a mother. Imagine her daughter seeing her doing this on stage. I'm like, y'all. She had to write a song called
0: I'm Uh, a Grown Woman. I could do whatever I want in which she's doing African dance.
2: God. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it transcends age. It's not even the fact that it's little girls. I think it's the fact people are uncomfortable with the movement of other culture. it's
1: because americans are hella prude the fuck like literally would you I, i urge you at some point in life people to travel outside of these four walls of the united states of america because you go to italy you see grown men kissing each other on the lips as a form of saying hello there's nothing sexual about that it is just two people showing affection but Because Americans are so prude and we're so fragile and nationalist in our views, it's like there's something wrong with them. Or maybe there's something wrong with us. We have a problem moving our bodies and showing affection. So that could be like a sign that we need some therapy.
2: We also get really mad at like Muslim cultures for being, quote unquote, too conservative. but y'all, we're not that much further off from it. Like,
0: like We're not off from it at all.
2: We're we're not not off from it at all. We are more conservative than they are. Yep.
1: We are. (sighs) Yeah, I think moral of the story, Cuties was a movie that did what it was intended to do, and unfortunately people did not even take the time to watch it, so they don't even know what it is about, but of course... They're mad about something they do not know about. It's very normal and a regular occurrence in this country. But (laughs) I just hope that this director is able to kind of rise from the ashes of this. And Netflix owes her some money, in my opinion. She needs to fucking sue them.
2: She's unhappy about it. She's very unhappy with the marketing that they did. And, like, that was a big issue. And I have seen a lot of the outrage. Um, I have to kind of, like, dissect the negativity that I see towards it because a good bit of it is towards Netflix marketing and not towards the movie itself, which is encouraging to me to see that. Um, and that's where I would say like, listen, if you don't want to watch it, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And that's totally fine. However, if you want to form your own opinion on it and you're uncomfortable watching the whole movie, literally you'll, Netflix will count it as a stream if you watch the opening shot and the last shot. And that right there will tell you exactly what you need to know to differentiate the, People who have watched it from the people who haven't watched it.
0: Well, when when I pulled it up, it was top 10 movies in the United States.
2: Yeah, it's number seven right now, I think.
0: See? So then
2: hmm. like, she's getting her money, I hope. I just, hope, money, it, I I just hope, hope it stays. Yeah, I hope so, too. Because
0: <sighs> they're like, they should take it off of Netflix. Well, why? You're watching it. Netflix is about that dollar.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and listen, everybody loves <laughs> a good controversy.
0: Right. So she might have the written comments might be different. I saw on IMDb because I went to go look it up that they're trying to remove some of the negative. Well, a user commented how there's no negative reviews that are showing up at the top of the movie when you look at the top cr- critiques and Guess
2: what? You probably didn't watch it. You probably you probably wrote this movie's for a bunch of pedos. Like you probably wrote some shit like that. Like, right. Spam. That's part of your review. You didn't actually formulate a thought about it because right. you didn't watch it,
0: right? But it's it's just it's. I thought it was beautifully shot. The lighting design was great. Like artistically, I think she did a great yeah. job of melding two cultures because it didn't. I didn't realize that it was a French film until halfway through when I saw the surroundings. I thought it was in New York for a for a majority of the movie. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, did. I I was so confused when I when I was seeing like the different architecture after a while because I was so zoned in, which is what it's supposed to do. So,
2: well, I love the fact I thought you I was watching the Chita
0: Girls for a second. Stop! Stop! <laughs> I, I was like Dorinda. Dorinda.
2: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm serious. I love- I love the fact, too, that you even asked at the beginning, you were like, you had to verify, you were like, it was French audio with English depth, right? Because, like, that says so much as, like, an accomplishment for not only the actresses, but for the direction and the way that it's filmed, because you really don't need the dialogue. Like, you don't need it at all. Um, No. It's really, it's really impressive. It's a very impressive film.
1: I agree. All right, well... How about we take a quick break and we will be back for our last topic of the season. (laughs) Thank God. I know, girl. A bitch is sad. We'll be back.
2: Cuties, welcome back to the final segment of Shane Lottie <laughs> this week, this oh. season. Um, and I feel like it's appropriate to top it all off. We are a pop culture popcat Podcast, podcast. Why can't I talk? We are a pop culture podcast, and there's been some new regulations that have rolled out regarding the Oscars, which we tend to talk about fairly often. Um, and these regulations are centered around being more inclusive. Um, Amanda, since you're our new like diversity and inclusion expert, based off of your new title, would you like to explain what exactly is the regulation?
1: Yes, I'm happy to. So um, I'm not an expert, first of all. Let me go ahead and say I have plenty to learn, but I'm going <laughs> to learn a lot, which is what's exciting about being on this council. Um, but... The Oscars put in some guidelines um, and, you know, they're interesting. There's been a lot of pushback because there are filmmakers saying that now the Oscars are telling filmmakers how they need to make their movies and they don't like it, but... Basically, the Oscars are saying that in order to be considered for best picture, you have to meet certain inclusion standards. Uh, so you have to have a certain amount of, and there are separate categories for it too, but you have to have a certain amount of diverse people working on the film, basically, is the long and short of it. There are different ways that you can satisfy the criteria. There's like, of course, crew members, there's cast, there's just lots of different ways that you can seemingly be more diverse. Um, And some people are seeing this as a step in the right direction. Some of us are not as um, optimistic. I don't know, like not even to be a negative Nancy, but if you're asking my take on this, I think, There is a lot that can be said about the direction in which we are moving, right? I'm happy that now more people are aware of the fact that you've been shitting on a lot of us for a long time. It's fucked up, right? I do think that there, I have problems with the how we're going about being more inclusive. This new Oscars diversity criteria to me has some problems, One of which, people, human beings, cannot be diverse. Populations of people can be diverse. Me, as an individual person, I cannot be because I am not diverse in the fact that I'm a Black woman. I'm the only one. If I'm looking at just me, right? Does that make sense? Yes.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point.
1: Yes. So... It's whenever you're looking at a population of people that you can decide whether or not this population is diverse. And that's something you see all the time with diversity and inclusion initiatives. It's like, well, we have diversity hires. You can't have a diversity hire. You can't hire diverse people. People are not diverse. It's whenever we look at a population as a whole and we're able to say, okay, Are all of these people the same except for three people? This is not a diverse population, right? And it's like, I don't think we really take a look at diversity and inclusion that way as often as we should. I have issues with the Oscar diversity and inclusion initiatives because they are giving me a lot of that diverse hire situation, and that leads way to tokenism where now people are being hired simply because of the fact that they are quote unquote diverse when that idea is ludicrous anyway. So I think it's a step in the right direction that they are wanting to affect some change. I don't know if this was the way to go about it. Okay. So
0: what would you have done since I know you're not an expert, but instead of doing what the Academy did, like do you have anything that you would have put in place instead of this?
1: Um, I think a lot of the first steps of diversity and inclusion is education. And um, I think. People just don't understand what it truly means to be inclusive. Um, They think that means now you hire three Black people on your team and you're diverse. Well, no, there are many other people in the world other than Black people. There are Latinos. There are transgender people. There are gay people. There are Indigenous people. You know what I mean? Just because you have one group represented does not make you inclusive. We need to be inclusive of people with disabilities. We need to be inclusive of people with mental health issues. Like inclusion and diversity has so much more to do with the ways in which we are all different as people and less about the color of someone's skin. And that I think is where I'm taking issue with this because it's not really diversity. And I don't know what I would do because I, like I said, I'm I'm not at all an expert. I'm still learning every day. Um, But I do think first step is education and really getting people to understand. I think a lot of times people jump over that step and it's like, uh, uh, everyone knows we're doing something wrong. Now we have to do something about it. And it's like, well, you can't really do something that is effective without truly understanding the idea behind diversity and inclusion. Interesting.
2: I think the thing that makes me the most upset about this is the fact that we even have to have it as a set criteria. Like we have to force people to say, Hey, you have to do this in order to be considered for an Oscar. Like, why can't, why do we even have to do that? Like, why do we even have to have this requirement? Like, why can't we just be telling diverse stories with diverse people? Like I get, that's a very, you know, idealistic viewpoint, but it's just another reminder that like, we still have so, so far to go. Like, and I hope that this these new standards do like pave the way for that to become just like the norm. Like we don't have to, you know, threaten people with an award for it. You know what I mean?
0: I do. I do. You know, until Amanda put it into those words, I was kind of on board with what they were doing (laughs) and I feel stupid now. I feel really dumb. Like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Why that would be an issue and it still feeds back into the system that we're trying
1: to dismantle. (laughs) Yes. I don't think you should feel stupid for thinking that it's okay. I mean, there are plenty of people who agree with you, who would think that, who do think that this is okay. And some people may think I'm too picky. Like I had this conversation with someone recently and they were like, well, what is it that you want? Do you want them to hire more diverse people or not? Like you have to start somewhere. And I can see why that would be someone's opinion on my stance on this. because I do agree. You do have to start somewhere. But I think that if you really love something, you have to love it enough to, critique it and want it to be better. And I think that is how I feel about the movie industry, about film as a whole. Like I love this industry so much and I know we can be so much better. And that's why I'm so critical because I just, this just, it's a small step in the right direction, but it's not nearly what we need to do. And you're right, Shane, the fact that we even have to have this criteria to, goes to show that the foundation itself is broken because people should want to be working with diverse people. People should want to have perspectives other other than people like them to be able to input on their projects. And a lot of it like I read on Twitter someone was like, well, it's really hard for people to be diverse because the talent pool isn't diverse. Like there aren't that many diverse like I don't know, like directors and it's like, well, although I don't think that's true, I'm sure there are plenty. I think that could also speak to the fact that we have a systematic racism problem in this country where people who are not white go through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to get to where they are today. And many of them don't make it. And there are plenty of young kids in the projects who want to be directors, you know, and it's like, they may never get there. And that's sad because the odds are stacked up against them. And this isn't a, country for them where they can make the life that they want to make and that's also a problem
2: I think this ties in also well with what we were talking about with Cuties in the sense that like until we as Americans in Hollywood start to showcase and celebrate more diverse work and more diverse stories then we're never going to be able to understand properly other like foreign cinema you know what I mean like a lot of people had a hard time with Parasite last year like like they're, they're having a hard time with cuties right now. Like it, 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 every time like a big foreign film comes out, there's always like a big chunk of people who just don't get it. And uh, part of me is like, I part of me is like, I can't blame you for that because all the media that you're shown on all your streaming services is American Hollywood films that are not telling very diverse stories. So like, whereas other countries, I think a lot of them do have, they're a little older. I think they have a little bit more of a grasp on like, you know, artistry and like telling like very intimate stories and telling like human stories. And we're good at blockbusters, but that also makes us, it makes it difficult for a lot of um, American viewers to properly appreciate and see foreign film for what it is.
0: Yeah. We lack the maturity to be able to critique films on a macro scale.
2: Yep. (laughs) No, those were really great points, though i like like sherry said like that definitely makes me look at it in a different way because i know that there was a part of me that definitely sees that and goes oh my god fuck yeah we're in the right direction and like while while we admit like yeah it is a step in the right direction it's also like once again as we've said it several times on this podcast this season watch out for the breadcrumbs like don't yeah like, like I, I take it as a victory but it's not over it's not the end like keep holding them accountable keep making yes. it go further. Like this is a very small step and it's it can't be the end game like the end game cannot be in order to win an Oscar, you have to have a diverse cast and crew and interns and like, no, that's not how because you're you're doing it for an award like it has to be held to a standard to the point that it becomes a norm in American cinema.
1: And it's frustrating, too, because it's like, um, as a black woman, I've experienced this many times. Sherry, you may be able to speak on this, too, but nothing feels worse than knowing you got something because you're black. And it's like, I probably did work really hard and I probably did deserve to get whatever it is that I got. But the fact of the matter is, even like no one cared. It's not Based on my merit. They didn't look at my work. They looked at the color of my skin and said, Oh, great, we need diversity. Let's go ahead and bring her in. Just so happens I'm hardworking by nature because as Black women, that's what we have always had to be. But it's frustrating to know that you're being selected for something simply based on race. I don't want that either. That's not fun either. I want you to be able to look at me and see my value as a person, period.
0: AKA the last show we were cast in. That they did because they knew they had enough Black people there. (laughs) Regardless. If we could fit into the costumes. Yes. Yes. All of that. (laughs) I'm feeling this. I, I don't know if you guys can hear this over the air. But I'm feeling this to the bottom of my fuzzy socks. Whew.
1: I have like a little chill. Yeah, it just doesn't feel good, especially when you know, the level of work that you produce, you know, it's like, I know that I do good work. And I want to be recognized for that. I don't want you to just select me simply because I'm black. That's not fun. That's not why I did this. Well, I'm glad that
0: you know that you did good work, because for a long time, any work that I did, not even theater, I'm talking about Writing, I'm talking about essays. I truly believed was bad. It wasn't until quarantine that I took a step back. And after quarantine is over, I am so happy that I have gained a perspective. Like people ask me how I am these days, and my response is, I'm alive. I don't care if I'm good, I don't care if I'm bad, I'm breathing. I no longer want my work to define who I am because that's what I used to do. I used to be like, I'm a photographer. And that's all I was. I would eat my photos for breakfast. I would sleep with my camera under my pillow. Like I was a photographer. Now I'm just Sherry. Like I'm tired. I watch TV. That's it. I eat McDonald's sometimes whatever, like I am no longer tied to how well I do something. And I'm so happy for that because it has held me down because that's what the system wanted. And I'm glad I finally, you know, jumped over that hurdle because I never thought I was going to.
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's a very, um, specific thing that a lot of people from marginalized groups go through where it's like you're constantly being told and shown that you have to work 10 times harder than everybody else and you have to be the best at what you do so it's like honestly a torturous existence because you literally cannot you feel like you can't ever stop because the second you do, that's going to be the excuse that they use not to give you what you deserve. So I totally understand right. that anxiety that you have. I feel it all the time. I still feel it to this day. That's why I'm right. constantly busy. That's why I'm constantly working on something. Because it's the fear that the second I stop, that's going to be the excuse that's used not to give me the thing that I worked so hard for. Right.
0: I just finally released myself. You know, like in Legend of Korra, when when you what does it fall into the void and that guy finally be- flies after he becomes an airbender yes. i hate to be referencing avatar all the time but i i truly relate to the both of those series like it's crazy um but i have i have gone like released myself into the void it doesn't phase me anymore i'm flying
1: <laughs> i don't give a damn <laughs> that's great really i'm very happy, happy for you maybe one Thank day you. i will get there um i'm a troubled soul though i literally define my value as a person based like my value my self-worth is based on how hard i work and that's
2: a toxic trait that i need to break well believe it and then while you're trying to believe it fake it till you make it because you made it yeah that
1: pain very true very true (laughs) well friends i believe this brings us to the end so sadly thank god oh sorry so sadly so sadly sadly. my bad my bad (laughs) honestly you don't have to be here bitch oh i know that's why I that's how i I know you want to be here because you're not getting paid like no, this not this exactly. I am not getting paid. Let's so, say I it again. Who you, I don't know who I you thought you were fooling talking about. Getting paid. Yes, you're not getting paid. That's how <laughs> I know your ass wants to sit up here and he key with us because you literally have a choice because there's not even a coin coming to your bank account. So go girl, ahead. I have get fallen into act. the void. I don't give one damn. Exactly that go ahead and check that at the door cash that check bitch i've already cashed my little air i'm good You're okay good anyway oh my wow goodness. with the hard r did you hear the hard r i did
2: okay four.
0: <laughs> okay fine i'm a hoe <laughs> me too okay fine
1: is that supposed to hurt
2: we're all hoes we live in atlanta
1: no that's, that's actually right a compliment. it was a compliment coming from me okay Anywho, we've come to the end of the road. Right? This season is over. we come to the end of the road. Okay. Anywho. oh Sherry, can you please? I'm trying to have a moment right now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me beat myself.
2: Sherry's having her musical yeah. theater moment.
1: Well, she needs to have yeah. her shut the fuck up moment. I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> okay, well, it's starting now. Great. Now you put me in a sour mood. I was going to thank you both for coming on this journey with me. And now I don't want to thank your ass. So Shane, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to deliver this amazing content. You mean so much to me, even though you missed two fucking episodes still, even though we're remote. Um, but thank you for coming to 80% of the season. Um, Sherry,
2: I get shit on throughout the whole season and then all of a sudden, slow and steady wins the race, bitch.
1: Sherry, now to you. Thank you. You were here every episode and you were a pain in my ass. Thank you so much for continuing to be who the fuck you are and really honestly making my life difficult. I must be a masochist because I continue to be your friend for whatever fucking reason. So thank you for that. Um, And yeah, that's all I have to fucking say. That's fine. That's what if
0: you did not say that you were lying and you weren't being genuine. So honestly, from the bottom of my heart, you're fucking welcome.
1: Okay. Anyway, hold on. This is I, our- have,
2: I, I have a, I have to say something, too. Um, no, you yes, do don't. Something. Shut the fuck up. I do, and this is why. Sherry, what
1: you are being so tyrannical. <laughs> I'm going to eject you from
2: <laughs> this call.
1: I'm not even joking. Shut up.
2: All right, I only have one more thing to say, just because it's something that I've been working on recently, but. um
0: Boy. I. <laughs> It's so pissed.
2: Why do we let him talk? What? <laughs> why? do you let me talk? Why do you let me riff? riff oh my god. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, in all seriousness. You guys, I love and adore you both. This is seriously the highlight of my week every week. And I know that it is for so many of our listeners, Um, to everyone who came on this journey with us, listened to every episode, downloaded every episode. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. The way that our show has grown this season has been truly heartwarming. And I appreciate every single listen um because sherry's on this podcast and i know she's not easy to listen to Uh, (laughs) nope i'm not i listen to myself i'm like shut up like stop saying yep. this season we became international we have international listeners which is crazy so thank you all from the very bottom of my heart it means the most
2: would they like to sponsor an american with foreign citizenship
1: uh, right i should reach out if you're if you're listening to this please send us an email at say at gmail.com regarding what the citizenship is like in your country i'm looking at you finland you guys have very little crime and you've listened to this podcast so please help a sister out and a brother me and shane are a package deal sherry we're leaving your ass here that's fine i'll hold it down <laughs> you need a place to come oh, back to oh my
2: god
1: O's. You'll never see me again. Okay, Shane, do you want to count us out?
2: All right, last countdown. And not Beyonce's countdown. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) Three, two, one. We 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 out. out.
1: Finally, I think we got it.
2: That was a pretty damn good
1: one. It was good. Y'all were saving this for the last
2: time. Yeah, we've been fucking up the whole time
1: No, I swear, I was actually working very hard every time.
2: Nothing, working my ass off.
1: Yes, (laughs) I literally was.